the existence of God and believing in God and why, why should we believe in God? How do we, how do we even know that there is a God and why, why should we believe in God? The problem with this science and spirituality debate is that we actually try to look at them on the same terms. So we, we expect that spirituality should be able to fit into the framework of science. And we expect that you could sort of debate them or argue them on the same terms, in the same way. And you can't. Because they are, they're completely different ways of understanding the world. Neither, neither is better. I love science. I'm a science student. I, I love it. It excites me. I use science to understand and explain so much. The dilemma arises over the fact that science only has jurisdiction over things that science knows how to measure. So if it can be weighed, if it can be measured, if it has a volume, if it can be seen in a microscope or a telescope, if we can use our five senses to understand it, science is great. The problem arises when we say, just because it doesn't fall under the jurisdiction of science, it doesn't exist. And if we use those parameters, we actually sadly cut ourselves off, not just from spirituality, not just from God, but we actually cut ourselves off from things like love. Right? I mean, does love weigh anything? Can you show it to me? Can you know it with your five senses? But of course, love is something that most of us have much more of an experience with. And so very few people would say, well, love doesn't exist. Which is wonderful because the same argument that makes us know that love exists, even though it doesn't have a weight, it doesn't have a volume, it doesn't have an area, you can't measure it or see it under a microscope, allows the door to open, at least to the possibility, the existence of love, of course, does not prove the existence of God, but it at least opens the doorway to the fact that we are prepared to accept the existence of something that is outside the jurisdiction of science. For me, my faith in God, my belief in God, my awareness that God exists comes from two places. It actually comes from both science and spirituality. Spiritually, I've been blessed to experience God. But that's a separate subject. From a science perspective, if you've ever spent time in a science laboratory, which I have, 
what you know is when you are in a lab and you've got your Bunsen burner and you've got your beaker and you've got all the things that you're going to put in your crucible, we're going to create something. Depending on what level of science class you are, you create different types of things. But nonetheless, you've always got your Bunsen burner and your crucible or your beaker and your things that you're going to put in. The majority of the time that we go to create something, it doesn't work. You end up with nothing. You end up with bad smells. You end up sometime with some smoke. But even knowing what we're going to create, very frequently it doesn't happen. Look around any science lab and you're going to see a lot of perplexed students saying, but I followed all the instructions. Why is nothing happening? And I mention this because if you take a botanist, an expert on plants, take the most brilliant botanist in the world, give yourself a Nobel Prize winning botanist, the, the most, the genius botanist, they could tell you, you could hand them a leaf, and you could say, tell me what is in this leaf. And that botanist could tell you how much oxygen, how much carbon, how much nitrogen, how much hydrogen. Could tell you everything. And could even tell you and even demonstrate to you with styrofoam balls and sticks and things like that, how the molecules of oxygen, of carbon, of nitrogen, of hydrogen, how they're actually bonded together. It's this type of bond instead of that type of bond. They could tell you everything. Nonetheless, with thousands of years of what you could call spiritual science, good few hundred years of actual hardcore, what we would call modern science, the Petri dish type of science, we know everything there is to know about a leaf, for example or a mosquito, Take, taking low levels of life, low forms of life, we still can't create one in a petri dish. Even though we know exactly what it's made of, we can't create one. You cannot create life in a petri dish. The very best that after all of these years of modern science, after having all of the tools, all of the knowledge, the very best that we've been able to do so far is an occasional successful cloning. So the best we can do is take a Xerox copy of something that already exists. But you cannot create life. To me, that is the proof to me as a scientist of the existence of a, and I don't care if we use the word God, it doesn't matter, call it a capital P planner, call it a capital K knower, call it a capital S scientist, call it whatever you want to call it. As long as we agree on the fact that it is a a being, an energy, a wisdom, again, whatever we want to call it, who understands, who knows, 
more than our best botanists and our best laboratory science technicians. Because someone, something, has created life. And after billions of years of existence, hundreds of years of very good modern science learning everything there is to know about existence, we still can't create. And so therefore, to me as a scientist, the idea that it actually happened absolutely randomly and that in all of our brilliance, we cannot recreate that which happened randomly with knowing everything we know, it doesn't make sense unless you accept the fact that it actually wasn't quite so random, that actually there was a being, an energy, again, however we want to conceive of that, what for me was always a capital P, planner. Before I had the spiritual experience of God, I always, I, people would say, do you believe in God? And I would always say, not really. In terms of any religion, I was not religious. But I always would say, but I, I know there's a plan. Like I've spent enough time in a science laboratory to know that this is not just random. Life did not just suddenly out of the blue things hitting each other, suddenly boom, randomly life. So I know there's a plan, which to me means there must be someone, something that's made the plan. That does not, of course, negate the system of evolution that took that and has brought us to where we are today. That's the other problem that we get into, is people think that it's God or Darwin. Of course it's not. What Darwin did, what Newton did, what all of our scientists are doing, is studying this incredible creation and helping us to understand it better, saying, this is why this happens. Ah, the apple fell on my head. Okay, let's call that gravity. Oh, okay, so we have this thing called natural, called evolution. Let's call it, let's call it natural selection. Okay. It's not instead of God any more than the word gravity is instead of God. These are just terms that are used to explain aspects of this incredibly perfect plan design that has been given to us by a capital P planner, a capital D designer. And one scientist understands this part and another scientist understands that part and another scientist understands this part and they'll give us different names and different ways of understanding it. But none of that negates the fact that he, she, it, they that created it put all of these plans, all of these designs, all of these forces into action. And so that's a very important thing to understand is you don't have to throw away science to believe in God. Of course not. Science makes us, makes me, 
appreciate God even more. The more I understand science, the more I think, oh my God, how did you figure that out? How did you plan for that? How brilliant. Years and years and years of study, I can barely understand it, and you just created it. How amazing. How beautiful. So, so there's no, no necessity to say science or God. Of course not. Science is the study of the incredibly perfect creation that has been given to us by an incredibly perfect creator. The only piece that to me is crucial is to realize that that which set it into motion could not possibly have been random. And we know it couldn't have been random because billions of years after this theoretical randomness, hundreds of years after studying it all over the world with the best technology, we still can't recreate it. We can't create an amoeba. Cannot manufacture life. Something gave that spark of life. And then the rest has happened as our science classes have explained it. As part of this incredibly divine, perfect plan. 